This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Mark Tremonti from Alter Bridge, and you're listening to Jay Scott on Hook Rocks. the ultimate rock me podcast thanks for tuning in once again we are part of the pantheon podcast network a great network of music related podcasts you can check out myself the hook rocks as well as many others on the pantheon podcast platform like Vinny apathy and karma peace on the hanging and banging podcast martin popoff the rock historian mistress carrie the legendary dj in boston mac from the ugly american Werewolf in London podcast, Tom and Zeus on Shout Out Loudcast, as well as many others. Follow them at PantheonPodcast.com, as well as on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pantheon Pods, as well as follow The Hook Rocks on all three of those platforms. Search up The Hook Rocks. And you can find us on all podcast services like Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, 
We've got some great episodes released recently. We just had Sam Bam Colton from Dorothy and Faster Pussycat and his band Butterside, Tuck Smith, Tyler Bryant, Mark Tremonti, uh, as well as many others. So check out all those episodes. We've got over 400. Been doing this to, for three years. Our three-year anniversary uh, had a great interview with Stephen Piercy from Rat. And uh, we have another fantastic episode, a great new music spotlight with a band that I've been a fan of for a while. And that band is the New Roses. And we've got Timmy talking to us about the new single and the upcoming album. What's happening, man? How are you? Great. Thanks for having me on the podcast, man. Well, I appreciate you doing this. It's great to kind of learn more about you and the band and, and get into it here upon uh you know, the, the new album coming out, but we always ask the same first question as we always do every time we have a first time guest on a podcast. And that's really what we're all about. Just like every rock song has a hook that pulls you in. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? So uh, I grew up with rock and roll, uh, like 50s rock and roll in my parents' house. They they had a record player and a couple of uh, like uh, samplers with all the 50s hits. So I grew up on Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Rich and Elvis, and I loved it. But that moment, I knew I have to be a creative musician. I have to, to uh, be in uh, or have that as a job, as a, as a, as a, um, purpose that was uh soul shine by the Olman brothers when i heard that i was 17 and you have to know in germany it's a very uh rare song you never hear it on the radio or anything it's not like in america where you <laughs> hear it every in every street corner in uh, in germany you, you you may live a whole life and never hear that song and uh, I heard that on a, a CD of uh, Gav Mule. They had a, a record called The Deep End. And there was a version where Chuck Lavelle from the Allman Brothers and the Rolling Stones and the piano player, uh, where he started uh, the song with the Wurlitzer, that's a, like a piano instrument, uh, an intro with that. And I was driving in my car um, and I heard that song and I had to stop in the middle of the road and I cried for 15 minutes straight and I always uh, uh reversed back to the intro and uh that's my favorite songs ever uh, that's my favorite song ever ever since you know when you heard that song you know obviously it was it was very impactful to you um yes, was that the moment that you wanted to play music create music yeah exactly i had no clue uh what instrument i would pick up uh, at the time, I was playing the saxophone. I, I, I was playing the saxophone uh, since I was 12, and I was pretty good. So I uh, played in in those uh, like governmentally supported orchestras, big bands, and I was playing uh, like mostly jazz and swing. We were playing Rat Pack songs and Frank Sinatra and all these uh, these guys, and I loved it. So I thought that's my thing. And uh, then I came and I, but I had that Elvis background uh, I was talking about. And um, then I started playing saxophone in a rock band uh, of the guitarist of that big band. And um, then I heard Soul Shine. And then I thought like, you, oh, you have to be in rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Some, some way, you know, maybe you're going to be a roadie. Maybe you're going to be a drummer or whatever. So I picked up 
um, the vocals uh, because our the, the the singer of the band quit. I was playing saxophone, and so I sang until we would find another singer, but we never did because I I started singing myself and I loved it so much. And then the guitarist uh, quit, and and then I picked up the second guitar, and and that's how I came to my instruments always because uh, uh, somebody uh, we were missing out on those instruments. <laughs> how does the big band influence that you talk about, yeah, impact your tone, your sound, in what you do and how you create music? You know. Um, I must hide it uh, to a certain degree because it would uh, take the whole uh, music to a place where the other guys in the band uh, like would, would, would jump off the train. You know, um, we have very different influences in the band and we have to find that sweet spot where everybody agrees. And there is a sweet spot. Everything you hear from the new roses is something that we all agree on. Um, but I sneak it in into my vocals and uh, the way I try to phrase things and the way I uh, use my vibrato and stuff, it's, it's not classic hard rock. It doesn't come from there. You know, I never had a um, Guns N' Roses record in my life. I never had a Bon Jovi record because I came from a different background. I of, of course I listened to all the uh, great stuff that was, uh, obviously influenced by that deep purple and, and, and Led Zeppelin. And they, they, they put rock, of course they played rock music, but they, they took their influences from all over the place. And that's what I always liked. And um, so I, but the other guys in the band, they come from Guns N' Roses. They come from Metley Crew, Kiss and Bon Jovi and, and all these bands. And so we kind of blend that together, but um, my background and, and my, my, um, my searching for like um whole range melodies i would call it yeah uh definitely comes from playing the saxophone because when you listen to classic hard rock music like the super classic stuff it's always very very straight melodies you have uh, it's very guitarish guitar doing uh, richest things but uh the vocals are mostly like la 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 and stuff like that and we try to or my my natural perspective on on singing is coming from an instrument that plays a whole range of melodies and that's why i try to um approach my songs the same way i always sing full range melodies in the songs i think i guess that it comes from there you know one of the bands from the from years past who has a a big band influence yeah it's van halen yes you, when you hear van halen you know yeah. just their arrangements and yes. the way they approach the beat and the way they approach the song very um reminiscent of big band and his, their their father alex and eddie's father was i believe a trumpet player mm -hmm. um, in a big band so they heard that music they grew up with that music and you know if you if you if you really want to you wrap the influence around Van Halen. To me, it's ZZ Top, mm -hmm. Dave Clark Five, and Big mm -hmm. Band. You know, and it's yeah, it's, that makes it's sense. A, it's a very Never interesting. It. Yeah, it's a very interesting. So, so that has been done before. I mean, obviously, whenever you have a big band influence, you know, you're not going. You have to really kind of hear it. You got to really kind of hear it under the surface. But it's there, and 
Um, it's always interesting whenever I hear someone talk about those influences, um, how they start with music, because that music was very rich in arrangement and very rich in flow of the song too, as well. So um, it's always an interesting way people approach music who've been influenced by that. Sure. And I, I would add to that. Uh, it's very interesting what you say, by the way, it's, 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 uh, I never thought about this this way. Um, but I would add to that, that uh, if it's a real influence, then you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say, like, Oh, I'm going to take that from, from this song and I put it in my song. It's, it's stealing. You know, it's not being influenced by that. But if, if, if it feels totally natural, if you think it's your idea, if you think, you know, it comes straight from out of, from your heart. Um, and then you don't know it's, it's, it's already mixed. It's already everything is blending together in your heart and your soul. And, um, and you just soak everything in and then you unconsciously mix, blend it all together. And then you, 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 you put it out, you know. And another thing from the uh, Red Pack stuff I was playing, you got you, you to picture uh, yourself being, I don't know, 13 years old, 14 years old. Everybody's listening. At that time, everybody's listening to uh, Nickelback and, and, and whatever is, 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 uh, was hit that, that time. And the Backstreet Boys and, and uh, the, all the boy bands were, were super hip. And nobody I ever knew was listening to Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin or uh, Sammy Davis Jr., but I was playing in that big band and um, I thought these guys that were the coolest guys on the planet. I thought like the Backstreet Boys were so not cool compared to these guys, you know, to the way they moved, the way they sang, the way they, you know, would look and, and, and the whole, they were dressed up and, and, and that influenced me a lot as well. Like my definition of being cool, you know, that wasn't uh, really a rock star kind of thing. So after that, I never thought Axl Rose never appeared cool to me uh, because, you know, when you, when you come from that coolness of Sammy Davis Jr. And, and, and then it's not far from the, from Elvis and all these things It's a different, you know, it's a little different uh, color, but it's the same thing. So I, when, when the, all the eighties hot rock with, with the spandex pants and the super glitter hair, I, I never I could never, connect to that because my definition of cool was already settled back then so for me it was a lot what is this (laughs) so like yeah i couldn't couldn't connect to that (laughs) have you you heard uh mark tremani sing sinatra have you heard that album no he released an album earlier this year where uh it's a very special album it's a it's an album for charity um he sings all sinatra songs And, you know, going from Alter Bridge and his band Tremonti to this, he sounds exactly like Frank Sinatra. All right. I mean, it's 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 crazy. It sounds exactly like Frank. And is it with a big band as well? Yeah, uh, it's with Sinatra's band. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So if you have the chance to check it out, you you, you, it's it's tremendous. I will. I will. Cool. (laughs) <laughs> so your so your new album is about to come out in uh, I think it's October twenty first, exactly. um, which is next week. <laughs> wow, we're already we're already there. Um, yeah. The creative process for this album, uh, how does it differ from the previous album? How did you guys evolve from from the last album that you did? 
You know, usually we write our records on tour. I, I uh, have a scratch scratchbook and uh, I have a little like recorder and I uh, record songs on the acoustic and, and fractions of songs, you know, just melody humming and, and stuff like that. And then uh, in between to- uh, gigs at home, I, I, I take it out and I try to combine my humming melodies and my core phrases with, with the lyrics I, I wrote down. And, um, and, and this is how we usually make our records. But this time we, there was no touring because, uh, uh, we had a lot of COVID lockdowns in Germany. Uh, there was no chance of playing and we didn't know how long that would go on. So the first couple of months, we were just like paralyzed. We were, everybody was sitting at home, super frustrated, not in the mood at all to, to play or to be creative, you know, because we were just frustrated. And then I picked up the guitar and I wrote a couple of frustrated COVID songs, you know. And I showed them to the guys and everybody was like, oh, fuck that, man. It's just like, um, we're not in the mood for this at all. We don't want to deal with, with the whole situation, you know. And um, and I wasn't feeling comfortable with writing the songs at all as well. So it took another couple of weeks and then I wrote The Usual Suspects, was, uh, which is one of the songs of the new record. And I sent that around and, um, the guys immediately, uh, like answered and, and, um, they were like, okay, now, now we want to, we want to rehearse. We want to make an album. Now we're talking. So that paved the way for the record and we, we set the tone for the record. And then we talked about, we had all these, uh, uh, Zoom online conferences, conference calls and stuff. And then we like, talked about it like what 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 do we want to do you know how do we deal with COVID you know and then we came up with with the motivation to uh not uh, shy away or ignore the whole thing but we we thought like we have to face it with positive energy you know we don't want to uh we don't want to let people know that we're like that we're hitting rock bottom you know not not out of a not out of pride but we wanted to motivate people. We wanted to um, to to cheer people up, you know, and build a bridge to to better days, and build a space where people could escape for a while and and, and charge the batteries and, and then go back and deal with reality again, you know. And then uh, with that mindset, uh, I, I sat down again and I wrote the whole record, like song after song after song, and. Um, after this is our fifth record and after four records and the, the whole colorful um, um, picture that we always paint with our songs, it's not like one style. We, we have a lot of different influences and a lot of different uh, styles that we, that we picture on our, on a record. So uh, it's really hard to, to get to that spot where everybody agrees and where it, everything fits. Sometimes it's too country, sometimes it's too hot rock, sometimes it's too punky and, and stuff like that. So, and it gets hotter and hotter with every record because you don't want to copy yourself as well. And then I wrote about 60, 65 songs for the whole uh, record. And um, then we picked the um, best 11 ones and uh, made the record. So it was totally different to what we usually do. And you hear that, uh, for example, that there, we have no road song on the record. 
Uh, usually we have at least one on the record because we're on the road so so long. There's no road song on this record. Uh, but uh, instead of a road song, we have a lot of songs about my my early 20s because we're we were just looking back in time, you know, when you needed some uh positive energy and there wasn't positive things going on in the in the in the present and there weren't you know supposedly uh positive things going on in the future so we had to look in the past and i wrote a lot of songs like sweet gloria or playing with fire and first time for everything these are all songs that that are influenced by my uh 20s you know when you're writing that many songs how do you determine the best 11? I mean, there's got to be, some, <laughs> there's got to be some push and pull with the band. I mean, yes, you know, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I heard, I heard one time that the most delicate time for the health of a band is when they're bringing music to a session to record because everybody's got their opinions yes. and sometimes those opinions don't jive with, with everybody. Yes. That is 100% true. Like this is a, how do you call it? A delicate moment. Yes. This is, a, yeah, this is a very good, very, very well said. It's, uh, because now we know. So everybody's really careful, you know, in that spot. Like when, when that happens, when that phase starts and, and you have 64 demos and then you start talking about like which songs are we going to take and you know, oh, this is his favorite and you know, you know, but I, I really hate that song and, and you know, everybody hates your favorite song. And, um, and then you have to, to, to decide. And, uh, back in the day when we started doing that, we didn't know better. So we were like, fuck your song. You know, this is totally crap, you know, and, um, even, even though I write all the songs, you know, mostly and the, and we arrange, uh, arrange them together, but I write them all, but some I really don't like, you know, because I, I, I just tried to do my job as, as the songwriter for the band and others I put my whole hard in. And then, uh, you know, then people like the stuff you don't like and people hate the stuff you like. And, and then they fight under each other, uh, between each other and stuff. So uh, it's a very, very, very delicate moment. I need to remember that phrase. And um, but now we we kind of know how to maneuver um, through, uh, navigate through the these rocky rocky waters. Uh, and um, and I I you know I I'm very more very much more relaxed than I used to be. Um, and uh, because back when when you start writing songs you 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 see every song as your child and when some when somebody says it's it's just, you know your child is fucking stupid you know <laughs> so uh you, you you take that very personally you know and sure. these days I, I can uh detach from the song as soon as they're done in the middle of the process they're still my child but after that i can detach from that and and see them as uh, as what they are as, just as songs you know so that uh that helped a lot <laughs> in the in in this process this time to not uh, escalate is that how you always work you know writing that much music or was that just a product of what was happening in the world you know with a lot more downtime because of the pandemic um, no, I, because like I said, it's, it's so hard to, to hit that sweet spot 
where uh, where you say, okay, it's original. It doesn't sound like Aerosmith or Bon Jovi or Scorpions or Black Rose, uh, but you hear the influences. But it's it's the mix is so so well put that that you don't see one single band or one single song. You it's rock and roll as you know it, but it's a, it has an original uh, uh, spirit. And to hit that spot is really difficult. And to hit that spot and add everybody's agreement to that, where everybody in the band has their own musical identity, uh, is even harder. And, um, and then you have to add the, the, the factor that you don't want to copy yourself, you know, um, as many bands do as a, as a credo, you know, say like ACDC or Motorhead and something where every song must sound pretty much like the other uh that's the that's the whole thing you know and they do it in a very genius way so i don't mean that disrespectful uh but our um our whole uh, uh fundament of the band is is different you know we we go very colorful and um when we when i would copy a song that we already written it would be you know, that would point out, you know, that you, you would re, re, uh, recognize that much earnings. Oh, this sounds like that song that they did on that record because every song is so different. And when you come up, that's with one that sounds exactly like the other. So these factors are very hard to, 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 um, hit and to, to, um, to work with. And, uh, that's why you, you need a lot more material. Uh, to come up with new stuff. So a lot of stuff we, we don't uh, release is, is good music, but it sounds like down by the river or whatever thirsty. And it, uh, these are songs of us and, um, or it's a little too country. It's a little too hard, it's, you know, stuff like that. So it's, and sometimes they're just shit. Uh, so I, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, for every good song, I write th at least three songs that are just crap. <laughs> What's the identity of this this new album, Sweet Poison? Uh, the identity is uh, like the posit positivity. Is that the right word? Yes. Positivity. Yeah. Um, and it's it sounds a lot like like we're we're back in our like early twenties. We just you know finished uh, with puberty. And we're, because it's so rough and it's reckless and, and the topics are just like, Oh, yeah. Have you seen that girl? Wow. She's so good looking. I can't help myself, but stare, you know, and stuff like that. So, so you, it's a lot about, it feels like we're 17 again, you know, and that was the kind of the spirit that we could try to keep up with uh, during the whole process because that's, uh, that was a spirit where we could joke around a lot, you know. And we, if, when you listen to Sweet Gloria, it's a, just a stupid song, you know? It's, it's a silly song, I would say. Uh, it's about that, uh, that older woman, like the cougar, you know, and, and, and that lives in your small town and everybody kind of, the rumors are, you know, out there and say like, Hey, if you meet her at the right time, you know, you might get a little lesson in life experience, so to say, you know, and, we had this particular woman in, in our neighborhood and, and, uh, and I, I, I wrote a song about, it, but very, very silly, very funny, you know, and we were, we had so much fun laughing about this lyrics and because all of it, we are all from the same area. So we all knew, uh, about this woman, you know, and, um, 
due to data protection, I had to change the name later. So now it's called Sweet Gloria, but her name is not really Gloria, of course. And um, the songs like these, like they sweetened the the whole process, you know. That's the kind of the the whole identity, the spirit of the record is like, uh, just have a good time writing it, have a good time playing it, and make people have a good time because times are tough, times are crazy, and you don't want to rub it in everybody's face, you know. That hey, times are crazy, you know, you know. And so we say like, hey, have a good time with us, charge your batteries, go home and deal with your with your shit, you know. What was behind the decision to release the song, the new song as its for as the first single? Because it was the first song that that hit us all, you know, from all the songs I wrote when when we when you when we came up uh, when I came up with the usual suspects, we wanted to make that was the moment we wanted to make a new record. That was the moment everybody was like drawn into uh to the new album and we thought like of course of course we knew right away this is going to be the first single because it's it meant so much to us and it paved the way for us to to make a good record and um and so we thought people might feel the same as far as the album goes you know when you you talk about sweet gloria you talk about you know the music that you had um when you when you when you are writing music and you know, you're writing music about this woman you know, but there's other songs on the album. Where do you where do you get your motivation to write music? Is it from personal experience? Is it through observation? Are you writing a story? How does that? Um, how is how is your approach to writing a song? Um. So for the new roses, uh, it's mostly life experience and then you add like a uh, sometimes you just ex- accelerate exaggerate you know exaggerate a little you know so if you write about loving somebody you just you know love her in the song you love her in a shakespeareish way you know just like you or nobody and, you know i can't live without you course you can but uh in a song you nobody wants to hear a song going like hey baby you look average cool to me and you know i could picture myself spending a couple of years with you so that that does that doesn't work so if you write a songs you need you know to to feel what you feel and then you add another 50 (laughs) percent and um and and uh or if you have a good time maybe love is is not a good example because when you love you uh, you feel, uh, always feel like 150% but if you have a good time and uh it's the you write a song and in the song it's the best time of your life you know and you in in one night you uh in the song it's one night and you put in like experience from 150 nights, great nights. And the, the, in a song that happens, everything happens in one night and stuff like that. But uh, we pictured, uh, we found out that um, when I write uh, like real, like imaginary stories, we we did that on the um, Dead Man's Voice record. The song Dead Man's Voice is a like a song about this bank robbery that goes wrong and this desperate guy that lost his job, uh, robs a bank. And now he's on, um, on the loose and on he's, um, and he's, uh, chased by police cars and he rides through the desert and stuff and, and tries to find a way out. And, uh, we tried that, but it, it doesn't, uh, hit the, 
sweet spot of the band so much. I love it. It's it's a very personal uh, taste from from me. But uh, the guy, the other guys, and the whole band identity, they they can't identify with that so much. So we um, kind of found our topics that work for everybody in the band, and um, that's what we what, that's what we do. So a lot of this is, is, is road songs in the past. We write about being on tour, being away from home, uh, being in hotels all the time, meeting new people, and spending you know having one night stands and all these uh towns and, and and just be there for, for one night and, and and um this is a crazy life and we write about that and uh the good times a little bit about the the harder times but mostly about the the good the good crazy parts of life you know <coughs> well timmy it's been a blast thank you very much for the conversation man this oh, was great, great getting me, to man. know you and and great uh learning more about the band yeah thanks sir the new album, Sweet Poison, out October 21st. That's next Friday. Probably wow. um, this, this uh, episode will air later than, uh, than when we're recording it. But it's on Napalm Records. Thanks to Timmy from the band The New Road. And I am Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock me podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.